Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Scouting for Growth, where we unlock the deepest insights at the intersection of finance, insurance, and tech. I am thrilled to bring you today's guest, someone who is nothing short of a digital alchemist in the arcane world of insurance, Pravina Ladva, the Group Chief Digital and Technology Officer at Swiss Re. This isn't just another C-suite role. Pravina's career and now a role at Swiss Re reads like a playbook for digital transformation. Her latest project, a Sigma research report that is nothing short of a crystal ball, gives us a glimpse into the economic opportunities blooming in the digital insurance landscape. The title of the research, The Economics of Digitalization in Insurance, New Risk, New Solutions, and New Efficiencies. Have you ever wondered about the blurred lines between digitization and digitalization? How to bridge the technology gap without increasing the digital divide? Pravina has answers that could redefine the way we look at insurance economics. This conversation is more than timely, I think. It is urgently needed in a world where data is a new oil and AI is a new electricity. Pravina will tell us about why Swiss Re is taking the lead with this groundbreaking Sigma research report from the Swiss Re Institute. What are we as an industry standing to gain or lose? Stay tuned as we uncover the blueprints for the future of insurance, digital risk, and how technology could either be the ladder or the snake in this high-stakes game of digital transformation. So let's dive in. Let's welcome Pravina Latva. Hi, Pravina. Hi, how are you? I'm good, and you? Yeah, good, good. Good to see you here. Good to be here. And we are here in Swiss Re Center for Global Dialogue. I've never been to Richelieu-Con before, so it's an honor to be here. And with the you. sun's come out for you as well. I'm really grateful for the sun. And actually, it's not too warm either. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, really much looking forward to talk about the new Swiss Re Institute piece of research on the economics of digitalization in insurance and uh, opportunity still abounds, I gather. And so it's really an eye opener on the growth opportunity which exists in insurance and reinsurance. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to asking you my first question, which is, why did Swiss Re put together this report? Yeah, no, absolutely. And it is, it's just fantastic insight into the report. But I get asked that question many a time. So why did Swiss Re do, do, do this report? And I think for us, it's two things. One is around 
getting together all our insights and everything that we see and packaging it in a way so it's helpful for our customers and clients. So that's the first thing. I think the second thing I would say is around really bringing to life what it means for people, both in their in the insurance world. More importantly, how does Insight help us from a societal perspective? Because for us, it's really important. Of course, we're in insurance in the reinsurance industry, but we play and our industry plays, plays a large role in society as well. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. So what are your main takeaways from the report? Yeah, it's super insightful. So I think a couple of things around... You know, so everybody today, you can't turn a corner without talking about AI and tech and data. However, the, the real productivity measures that this has had on, on every society or every country, it's not what you'd expect it to be. Yeah. So for me, this says there's a huge amount of opportunity that has been untapped. That's the first thing. The second thing, I, it, it also throws up two different dimensions. One is around new business models. There are a whole load of new business models that we probably haven't even dreamt of yet. And then secondly, as well as creating, using tech and data to enable our business, it also creates new risk pools. Yes. So I think those are the three things that really come to life. And also, what are the external factors that have a real impact on the progress a country makes on how far on it is on its digitalization journey? So really important, new opportunity, new business models, new risk pool. So before going into the economics of digitalization, let's go into some definition. Most of the time we talk about digitization. Correct. Please tell us what is the difference between digitization and digitalization? Do you know, it's really, it's really interesting because people use those terms interchangeably. And in fact, even if you type them, they come up on autocorrect. Mm -hmm. So it shows that we really have a mixed view of what they both are and what they both mean. I look at it very simplistically. So digitization is taking analog world and putting it into a digital system so that it can be transmitted around the world, both in terms of data, conversation, in a digital context as opposed to a paper context. So that's the first thing. Digitalization is how do you take that information and then apply it to your business processes, how you operationalize it, and how does it become part of your core business? So digitization is taking it from A to B, but the real value is in digitalization, which then intrinsically makes it part of your day-to-day process. So what are the implications on Swiss culture and talent acquisition. We have a major talent problem right now in the industry. Yeah, and do you know what? It's everybody I speak to with my peers who do similar jobs, we're all facing the same challenges. Mm-hmm. There is a war for talent because we all want the same kind of people to come and do similar kind of things. So I think we have to take a dual approach at it. We've got incredibly talented colleagues in our organization today. So how do we equip our existing teams and colleagues um, and educate them and take them on the journey of what's what's coming ahead. So I think that's education, awareness and upskilling plays a huge part. And then, of course, the second part is around talent acquisition. And, you know, so being very clear around what you need, yeah. where you need it and where it makes sense to grow certain, certain types of skill sets. And then the last thing is the importance of partnering, because no organisation on its own can achieve probably what it wants to achieve. So what you need to do is be very open-minded about partnering with, whether it's with insurtechs, uh, large global service providers, you know, whoever it is in the end-to-end ecosystem, how do you partner together to really bring the value? 
And when you partner, you need to partner in the right way, which means be really clear on what your aligned interest is at the beginning, not at the end when it's too late. So um, I wish there was a silver bullet to this, but there isn't. So it's a, we're going to have to try a lot of things. Yeah. There is a great AWS or Amazon quote, which is about looking at the end mm. first and mm-hmm. then building your roadmap to success. Yeah. And as you talk about education, the employee journey, really, yes. and collaborating with others and partnering and building new potential business model, not mm-hmm. alone, but with others. Yeah. What do you think your client insurance company reinsurers, what are the challenges they need to keep in mind as they go on that journey? Yes, I think it's it's a couple of things. The first of it is many organisations deal with some kind of legacy technology. Um, So you need to be aware of your environment and work within that. And what is the opportunity to change of it and where some of it is okay? Because not all legacy is bad. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the word legacy often means a positivity, except when you use it in the technology context. Mm. So be really clear around your technology environment. Legacy isn't always bad, but harness it to help you build the future. So that's the first thing I would say. Second thing is, it's not about the hardcore technology. It's not about whether you've got application A versus application B. It's what you do with it and how you operate it that makes a difference. I think our biggest challenge is around cultural change. You know, we're a, a, you know, a traditional, you know, quite a st- industry steeped in tradition. And so when somebody is doing a certain role in the same way for 25 years, and now you have new tool sets, new data, and you need to collaborate in a new way, that's a change. Yeah. So you need to be really clear on the why. Mm-hmm. And like you said, what is in it, in it for the colleague, the stakeholder, the end customer, and make sure that the, the line of why is really, really clear. Because too often we just dive into challenges and get very technical and solve it, but aren't really clear on why we're doing it or what is the value we're trying to get from it. So Pravina, I was reading recently um, a book uh, which is all about the knowledge and information revolution we are going through. We talked a lot about digital revolution, but now we're in this knowledge and information revolution. What does it mean for your client, for Swiss Re, for the industry, in large. So, you know, that's really interesting because you're right, we are an, an information uh, organisation and the industry is as well. And it's interesting you didn't say, you didn't say data because it's data and what does it mean that's really key. I think the one thing that will probably need to change is around collaboration because we've become, uh, as, as an industry, very good at collaborating. But what we now need to do is be really clear around every organisation needs to be clear on what is their core IP, what is their purpose, and what are the adjacencies that they can work with to really develop the future. Mm -hmm. And what that really means in practice is, how do you collaborate with your competition? And this new word is starting to emerge in our vocabulary around co-opetition. And we haven't quite figured out what that means. And I think one of the things it means is, if you're clear on what you can do, what your partner or your competition can do, how can you create greater, greater value together for your end customer or your client playing in different spaces and that often is a challenge one of the challenges around that is aligned interest because when you start any of these um, conversations we often come to that right at the end as opposed to at the beginning the other thing that often is a challenge is the why isn't clear yes so long as you are super clear at the beginning of the why and the benefit for society at large the benefit for your client and end customer 
the easier it becomes because you've all got that anchor point that you keep coming back to. Yeah. Competition requires for one plus one equal more than two, for right. sure. So my next question is about the digitalization index, mm-hmm. Pravina. I understand that we've reviewed over 29 countries where Korea is the best mm-hmm. and India appear as the last one in the report survey. Mm-hmm. What can the industry learn? about this result? Yeah, so uh, I guess the, the first one is probably worth putting into context. It's around why are they ranked in such order and what does the index actually measure? So the index also measures around, so if you look at why South Korea is number one on the index, it's about the number, amount of innovation that happens in the country. It's the availability of other infrastructure, such as broadband, the number of mobile users. So it's the connectivity mm-hmm. of that country as a whole. On the flip side, if you look at India per se, the broadband usage is limited. So even if there was a ton of innovation, which there is, and a lot of new ideas, the ability to use that and make it productive for the country is limited. So I think the big learning for us is how can we, um, as insurers, be able to provide risk uh, coverage for the infrastructure needs of these countries? whether it's operational things, whether it's, um, you know, satellite towers, whatever it is, it's where can we add extra resilience to that infrastructure? So you already mentioned it. So what does this mean in terms of new risk pools? So this is interesting. So as well as, well as people getting excited about technology, um, which can really enable the industry, yeah. the technology also creates risk, a new risk pools for us. The classic one that we all talk about is cyber. Yep. Um, and we see more and more in all our day-to-day lives and the importance of uh, cyber coverage. So that's one risk pool that comes to life. The other one is around, um, you know, I look at some of the tools and analytics we provide. For example, our rapid damage assessment uh, solution, which gives the company or the organization immediate information around what is their exposure for natural catastrophes mm-hmm. and faster response time. So there are some real practical examples of what we as insurers can do to make the society at large more resilient, um, both in terms of the insurance industry, but also for the consumers that live in that country as well. So I have to ask you, what does that mean in terms of new digital technologies? How can we use that in new ways? Yeah, it's just, there are, this is it. That, you know, Everybody gets so excited about technology. Mm-hmm. And as a technologist... I'm probably the one who probably doesn't get excited because I'm, my question is always, why and what? Mm-hmm. So if somebody comes along with new tech, I go, that's great, but where can we apply it? What problem are you trying to solve for or what benefit is it going to create? And clearly the one that everyone's really excited about now is AI. And in reality, large language models aren't new. No. Uh, we've been using them in our organization on a point-to-point basis for quite some time. What we now have is greater scale usage and more understandability of what they are and we're now applying them in a very experimentation phase to see where they can help us both in terms of efficiency within our organization but what other opportunities does it create from a business perspective Mm -hmm. but then if you also look at from another angle you know specifically ai in the medical world there was a use case quite recently where um, um, an arm was provided for somebody who, who who'd had an arm amputated and the arm, because it was doing le- learning through large language models, was acting just as though it was a real arm. 
So now you think, okay, so that's helped the individual. AI has helped the individual, but it, straight away it's created an opportunity for the insurance world to say, okay, well, how are we going to protect that person? Yeah. So it's a dual, dual-sided uh, opportunity and challenge. Incredible. I mean, the example you just gave on in healthcare, um, we see it every day. Um, eyesight, mm. you know, we know Elon Musk is trying to solve that problem. And as you said, generative AI didn't start in November 2022. Yes. I mean, many years back, okay, investment volumes were lower. Mm. And 2023 will be the year of generative AI from a term of investment. Mm-hmm. But it's about using the technology responsibly. Mm-hmm. Which takes me to, and you already mentioned that it's all about the customer. Mm. Understand customer need, delivering customer experiences which are relevant. Mm-hmm. Can you share examples as to how you have been able to do this to serve your customers? So I think the first, you, you, you hit the point very well. So it's about creating digital trust. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're trading and working in this economy, it's, it's not real. It, was, it is real, but you can't touch it. You can't feel it. So you have to create that trust. And therefore, around anything like AI or any of the other solutions, you have to make sure it's safe, secure, resilient, and available for when the customer wants it. Mm-hmm. That is almost like table stakes for any digitization journey. So that's the first thing. In terms of coming back to how we operate, one of our um, key solutions, Magnum, which is an automated underwriting engine, has a digital trust label mm-hmm. because we were the first to go through an independent assessment of that tool which was then independently verified to say yep it meets all the criteria one would expect so what does that do it gives a solution that's going to help our clients do better underwriting faster underwriting for their end customer but also gives them the confidence that what they're using is safe and secure so I think it's the com- there, that is a classic example of serving a real customer need, both from our partnership perspective, the end customer, but doing it in a safe and responsible way. Absolutely. It's about the data, using yeah. the algorithm in the right way and applying the right governance. Yeah. Now, I would love to go into the potential of emerging technologies mm-hmm. across the insurance value chain. So my first question is digitalization, I brought efficiency gain across that value chain. When we think about improving customer mm-hmm. insights, when we look at claims processing, when we think about fraud detections. Mm-hmm. So what is the broader use of AI that the industry can learn from? Um, there, the excitement around it is creating lots of creativity which means there are so many ideas about where we can use it. With all the ones you've listed, I totally agree, there are opportunities. But the other one I would add to the list is about streamlining underwriting processes. So how can it make it more efficient? Um, I think right now, and I think for the foreseeable future, the underwriter still has a really key role to play. So often we call it human in the loop. So I think streamlining underwriting process is another key one that is a real opportunity for us right now. The thing I say is we have to start experimenting um, and seeing where it adds value and almost, because if you don't that, you're not going to know. So it's a big test and learn, test and learn at pace. Human is still very much in control, uh, just like it is in prompt engineering. Mm -hmm. So that's a really good example of how I'd say one should learn with this new technology. Yeah, absolutely. You already mentioned prompt engineering, but first I would like Pravina to talk about what is role 
of insurance technology players, right? Those insurtechs which are there, how do they play across the transformation and how do they deliver for Swiss Re and for the insurance uh, value chain mm. in general? So I think today they already play, already play a significant role. I think the key thing I observe is that many of the insurtechs or the, the technology players in the insurance industry, what they do is insert themselves in the right part of the value chain. Um, there are a few that do the whole thing end to end, but where I've seen the greatest value and where we've often find the greatest value is when we've partnered with someone and we've inserted them in the right point in the customer journey. Yeah. Uh, that's what resonates the most. For example, uh, we partnered with a, an external insurtech firm who was able to give us real insights using very lightweight technology on the footprint of how our customers were moving through our websites. Mm -hmm. Sounds really simple. But it's something that they had cornered the market on. So why go and reinvent the wheel? Yes. So I think it is about partnership. Yeah, partnership. And actually, when actually you are talking about this specific example around the customer journey and creating that seamless experience, mm -hmm. finding the best way to use and leverage the right technology is critical. Mm -hmm. Swiss free insurance companies are in insurance. Let's yes. master insurance Yes. and leverage a technology which is already best, yeah. which is out there. And it goes back to the whole partnership thing. Mm -hmm. um, you need to be able to partner with big players, but also how you partner with an insurtech. And I get feedback from insurtechs all the time is about how hard it can be to work with a corporate. To get real value, you have to almost find that right balance. And the first time is going to be tricky. 100%. It's yeah. just about joint purpose. So how can insurers overcome challenges like inadequate data engineering capabilities that many have today? Our industry is all about data. So whether uh, it's interesting, so now this new title of data engineer, data scientist has come about. But I think in our industry, people have been doing these roles for years and years. So I think we have inherent capability. What we now need to do is combine that capability with the new tools. That's the learning we need to go through. And the new tools that enable greater pace, greater efficiency, and because you're going to get more and more data and you can't keep processing and gathering insights from that same data how you might have done it 10 or 15 years ago. So I think that's, so it's upskilling, usage of tools and change your processes as well. Because if you take a new technology and still carry on doing something how you did it 10 years ago, you're not leveraging that value of that technology. No. So again, it goes back to our thing around digitalization, end-to-end. Yes. Um, -end. Thank you, Pravina. We talked about, you know, the takeaway, why the report took place. We talked about opportunity challenging, new risk pool. We talked about the digitalization index. If there were three things you would love the industry insurers to remember from our conversation, what would those be? So the first thing I would say is it, we have still got so much excitement ahead of us. Um, it's a, you can see from the index, there is a huge untapped population um, and opportunity that we just haven't made maximum usage of. So there is much as has gone behind us, it's still ahead of us. So let's knuckle down, let's focus, let's execute, both in terms of the products and the services we provide for our clients and customers, but also tapping into the new risk pools and also helping the countries and society at large to support the new infrastructure, which then comes full circle and supports digitization. Thank you, Pravina. It was an honor speaking with you today. Thank you, and you.
If you like this podcast, subscribe now, share with your friends, and if you enjoyed it, please give it a five-star review. Also, if you want to cover any specific subject with me, contact me on Instagram under Sabine VDL Officials or LinkedIn under Sabine van der Linden. Thank you.